0: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins.
0: My man Greg was out at Gillette today. He was, I'm sure he had the, did you have the, uh, the binoculars out, Greg, did you have those? Of course. of course you did. Of course you did. Did your binoculars catch what happened to Cam Newton? Because everybody started going crazy today on Twitter about this injury to his throwing hand. What did you see? What do you know?
1: Uh, so I did not see the actual injury. Um, what happened was is that, uh, since I'm just so in tune to the special teams and what's going on, I have to know what's going on there. (laughs) I was watching the far field where they were doing a lot of, they they did a lot of special teams in this practice. And uh, on the near field, the quarterbacks were working with like assistant coaches, ball boys, what have you uh, on footwork drills against pads, against other things. And uh, suddenly I, I didn't see Cam actually walk off what what caught my attention was I was looking through my binoculars and surveying the scene and I saw Josh McDaniels talking to Bill Belichick and you know Matt Patricia was sort of trying to hang in on the conversation from behind and that struck me as odd because I knew the quarterbacks were doing work what's McDaniels doing over there and then all of a sudden he sort of scampered back over And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay. Now I see Cam. He's with the team doctor. He's with Jim Whalen, the trainer. He's looking at his right hand. And to me, what it looked like, it looked like, and everybody sort of had a different viewpoint on this. What I saw through my binoculars was they were paying special attention to, in my opinion, if you're watching the video right now, uh, this sort of region of his hand. Sort of like the knuckle in your hand. Like the webbing of it? Like, no, 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 the actual, probably like, you know, your knuckle on your right uh, finger, if you make a fist, okay. That knuckle, right. That knuckle right there. So th- that's what I saw. It could have been a thumb. I don't know, but that, look, he sustained some sort of injury to his hand. Cam was not happy about it. Um, sat out the rest of practice. What was interesting is they didn't like put ice on it. They didn't take him away. He stayed on the field. You could tell his demeanor definitely changed. He was not happy. Um, he was not feeling the rest of practice. He was kind of a little ticked off, probably annoyed, and um, and that was that was it from from Cam. Now I think there's been reporting since then. Karen Corrigan said no break. I think I just saw that Ian Rappaport said that Cam Newton suffered a slight bone bruise today at practice, banging his hand, a hand on a helmet. Not considered major at all but since it's the spring we may not see much more of him until training camp. Um I think that's the most significant thing. I mean, first of all it's not considered major at all. Yeah, well, it's going to take him out of they have practices next week. Right. Then they have then they have OTAs. They are they had the mini camp. That's significant. I mean, it might not be a major injury and threaten a season, but for a guy that we've talked about for months going back a year about all the excuses that were made for him, certainly by some people internally with the Patriots that, Oh, well, Cam Newton didn't have this and Cam Newton didn't have this opportunity. Cam Newton couldn't be on the field. Well, here we are. He has a chance for a full off season. And now this happens. And to me, that's the most major development of this. I mean, we don't know. He could be back next week. It wouldn't surprise me. It didn't look major and that they didn't put ice on it or take any, drastic measures immediately after the injury tells me that it's not significant but if if it keeps cam off the practice field i think it's a major development for this team for cam newton because i think it opens the door for mac jones and i think that's the most significant thing out of this cam newton injury
0: and we'll get into mac and how that might affect his trajectory now moving forward but i just want to throw my two cents out there regarding cam you, you can imagine why he was a little angry, why he was upset, why yep. his you know, disposition changed when he was at practice. Because as you just said, he knows what he just went through all last year, mm-hmm. told people how tough it was. And I'm sure he wanted this OTA period to go as perfectly as it could. He He wants to stay healthy. He wants to do everything that he can do to try to win this job. He wants every single rep. So any kind of injury that takes him out of the mix, even if it's for a day, a week, a month, He's going to be upset by it. So I actually like the fact that he was upset by it because mm-hmm. it does again show that he's a competitive guy and he wants the damn job. Now that he's out, as you said, who knows how long, if Rappaport is right, if he's out the rest of the way here until mandatory minicamp, you look at Mac Jones. And this is a golden opportunity, Greg, for Mac to step up and say, okay, the door's open. I'm not only going to walk through the door, I'm kicking that damn thing down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I thought it was interesting. So when McDaniels went over to Belichick, look, we don't know what they're saying, but it, to me, my guess was, well, all right, well, Cam's out. How do you want to handle reps from here on out? And what I saw was Mac Jones was suddenly was QB one. And um, I think that's significant that yep. they decided to, you know, give the rookie. Now that being said, I think it's fair to say that Mac Jones didn't exactly take the ball and run with it today, and and he did not have a great day. Um, I thought Jared Stidham was by far the best quarterback on the field, and and good for Jared Stidham. Who knows? Maybe the light turned on, but I don't want people to get alarmed by this. And 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 I'm going to write a column on BSJ. Uh, this podcast will probably come out after this, so uh, you know our members can can read that first. Um, putting this into context, now what people need to understand about today's practice, and this is my opinion. I don't, I don't have a practice script. I haven't talked to any assistant coaches, so I don't know what the design of today's practice was. But in my opinion, from watching NFL camps for 20 years, to me, it seemed like today was a very, uh, a, a very blitz-heavy day for the defense. So it's a, whenever that happens, whether it's uh, OTAs or training camp it's always a rough day for the offense I don't care who the quarter I've seen Tom Brady have terrible days against uh, you know a lot of blitzes from the opposition uh, from the defense and, and especially when you consider you know, all the continuity that goes on, on on defense and they are missing a ton of people but when yeah. they lined up out there you have Lawrence Guy you have God Chow's out there you have Chase Winovich is out there. You have Kyle Van Noy. You have Jawan Bentley. You have, you know, cornerbacks who have been here. Kyle Duggar's out there. Jalen Mills is, is new. But you have a defense that knows what they're doing as opposed to the offense where you don't you don't have either of your starting tackles, which was a big problem today blocking. Um, you know, you have all new receivers. You have basically a new tight end. You have running backs out there who are J.J. Taylor and Tyler Gaffney pretty much. Um, so it's, and and you have a new quarterback, so it's going to be a challenge. And I think today was one of those days. And you see this sometimes and look, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, both talked up Mac Jones this week and meeting with the media, especially Belichick the the morning of that practice. And what I read into this, read, read into it was, and we talked about it last week with how good Jones was and how good he looked. What Belichick said was, look, basically everything that we're giving him, he's, he's he's taking in and he's doing a really good job with it. And I think today was one of those days where they were like, you know what, let's throw a little bit more at the kid and it, that he didn't come through with flying colors. And it wasn't bad. I mean, I think I saw some of the stats cause I don't keep stats in these eight of 11, but most of them were checkdowns. but against a blitz heavy scheme, with no base, they're not running the ball ever. At most, you're doing play action, so advantage defense all over the place. That he's taking the checkdowns, I'm sure they're fine with that. I, and I think you know when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback, and they're like, "Oh, hey, you recognize? All right, we don't have anything, or this looks this looks hairy. Just dump it down. That's what we're gonna right. do. That's yep. what he did at Alabama. So I that Mac Jones didn't like elevate himself today is really of no concern of mine. Nick and and that Jared Stidham did a really nice job. Good for Jarrett. And um, you know, maybe maybe now it's clicking. But I don't think that anybody listening to this or any Patriots fans out there should be alarmed that Jones had had a bit of a rough day. It was advantage defense. It's going to happen. It, I don't think it's a big deal. Now, let's see what happens next week. If he gets the ones reps without Cam Newton there, and he and he's still kind of struggling a, a bit, then we have cause con- for concern. But I think that. Mac Jones with the book on Mac Jones I think they threw a lot at him so that he could go further that he they threw a lot at him so he could see it see it on film tonight over the weekend then come back next week make the adjustments and he'll be better from that
0: you know I think the most significant thing about today wasn't what happened on the field I think it was what happened at the podium and I Belichick saying what he said and and I tweeted something like this today at Nixie Radio, by the way. I know everybody follows Greg. You can follow me if you like, <laughs> at Nixie Radio. Uh, but I, I tweeted out, you know, we've talked about Mac Jones ever since he was drafted. And we've talked about what we expected. And again, today was that next step of being unpredictable. The next yep. step, Belichick, where he's saying more than I ever anticipated him to say about this quarterback. And we go mm-hmm. back to the first day of OTAs that you saw. He's not, as we said last week, carrying helmets. He's not the fourth guy. He, he, he's not getting treated on the field like we thought he was going to get treated. And then usually, as we know, no matter what you ask Belichick this time of the year, usually it's a big old fat-ass stink bomb. And instead of, instead of trying to quiet the noise, he stood up there today and said, no, this kid is picking up what we're putting down. And he he gets it pretty much is what he said. I mean, if you just want to wrap it all up into one nice, clean sentence, this guy is getting it so far. And so to me, again, I'm not telling you he's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm not even telling you he's going to start a game this season. I have no damn idea. But what I can say is the way Belichick is handling him on the field and talking about him, I do think, Greg, that is significant.
1: I, I, I completely agree with you, Nick. And I think that um, you know, what you said and what we've talked about, that that Belichick, not only what he said, but in practice, that you know, Cam Newton goes down and Belichick is just like, go with Jones. And also, I don't really care that it's a blitz heavy period where Kyle Van Oy and all these guys are flying at Mac Jones and he has no blockers in front of him right. that know yeah. what the hell he's doing. I don't really care because I know the kid can handle it, and I can tell you, you know, from from being around here that uh, they weren't doing this to Cam Newton in his like, you know, fifth practice as a Patriot, and they certainly weren't doing this with Jarrett Stidham or Jimmy Garoppolo in uh, about their you know fifth OTA practice as a Patriot. So that that the the Patriots think enough of Mac Jones to throw him into the fire, so to speak, as much as you can get in in an OTA practice without pads. Uh, to me, speaks more volumes about where he is and where they see him than any quote unquote performance he might have had on the field today.
0: It tells you they trust him, And I would also say this, I think it also tells you at least a bit. you know there was some talk about Mac and his maturity, and a lot of it stemmed from the DUI he had years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, is he mature enough? The fact that Belichick is saying what he's been saying publicly, I think also tells us that they not only feel like he is ahead of where they thought he might be, that they're happy where he's at right now, but I also think, Greg, and you can agree or disagree, I also think it tells us that as far as the person, as far as the individual, Belichick doesn't think that Mac is the kind of guy that if I go out there and I say what I said this week in front of the cameras, and I give him this responsibility on the practice field. He obviously doesn't feel like Mac is the kind of guy that will let it get to his head, and that there's a there's a certain level of maturity where Mac can kind of, you know, compartmentalize this stuff and say, you know, great, the coach, you know, coach said that. Great, coach has me as the second guy. Cam went down. Great, coach put me as the number one guy. But for Belichick to do all of that right off the bat, I think tells us that he also believes Mac is pretty level-headed and he's a smart kid and he know and, and he knows how to handle maybe a little bit of flowers being thrown his way early on. And I, I also think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I, and, and look, Nick, what do we, what do we know so far from what we've been able to see that in the first practice open to the media, Bill Belichick had Cam Newton and Jared Stidham working together and Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer working together. Um, they they had they had Mac. I don't sorry. I don't know if I said that right. But Cam Newton and Mac Jones together
0: twice as if he cloned. But we
1: get okay, it. Okay, sorry. So Mac Jones and Cam Newton worked together, right? And Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer worked together. And Mac Jones clearly in the first public practice because Belichick knows we're all going to run wild with it, and you know some jackass like Greg Bedard is going to run a flowery column that gets. You know, that that makes, uh you know, Nick Cattles have to consult the doctor after four hours Whoa. about Whoa. what I saw.
0: It's getting hot in here, Greg. It was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so he knows that, you know, that Jackass Bedard is going to write something <laughs> like that, and he didn't really care. And then this week, Cam Newton goes down, and Mac Jones is taking the reps, and he knows that we're all seeing this. Right. And Bill Belichick doesn't give a crap. And that just tells you to go to, along with what you're saying is that, I think he really likes this kid. I think he he thinks that this kid uh, certainly has a really good head on his shoulders and um he's really comfortable not giving him he's fine giving him too much. he's he's fine giving him a lot of praise. He's fine giving him basically uh you know a bouquet by the way he's played played him in front of the media and he thinks he's gonna deal with it the right way. So to me, uh, this this only reinforces what I wrote last week. And now, if you're a Patriots fan, you're sort of secretly hoping that Cam Newton's out for another week or two and that it's Mac Jones's show. And I'm sure Jared Stidham, they'll probably reward Jared Stidham with what he did, and he should because he looked really good today and he looked decisive. But I think, you know, they, they, they put Mac Jones out there and, and, Cam, and Mac Jones performs when Cam's not out there all of a sudden now some dominoes start to fall and I can, you know, hear the Patriots fans out there getting all excited listening to this right now. And I think they should be, you know, a little bit, uh, excited, but now it's up to look all, all coaches, all they can do is give players opportunities. And it depends on it's, it's dependent on the player to take advantage of those opportunities it looks like Mac Jones is going to have an opportunity here. Right. Um, and it's, it's up to him to see what he does next week. And hopefully the trials and tribulations that he went through today, like we talked about, hopefully he applies them going forward. And then all of a sudden he's that much better next week. And then all of a sudden the veterans come back for the veteran mini camp, the mandatory mini camp. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, eh, this guy can play. I see, you know, I see what's going on here. Maybe he is the, the right guy for us. So, Ah, uh, this was a, a another really good step for Mac Jones, in my opinion, and at large for the Patriots. So far, some good optimism,
0: and and that's really all you can ask for. He he's giving everybody a reason to yep. be optimistic. All right, let's talk about Kyle Van Noy. Let's go to the defensive side of the football here. He was back, and Greg, he was back inside.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Now, so Kyle Van Noy basically was playing inside linebacker today. Now there's a caveat to that, because like I said, they were in sub packages the whole time. So we don't know where he's playing in base. We don't know whether this was Dante Hightower dependent that basically he's there to be Dante Hightower uh, to some of the younger guys who are out there who don't know what they're doing. But uh it's certainly in his toolbox he's done it before he did it basically his his whole first year when he got here that he played inside due to injuries and he can do that and we know how many options the Patriots have uh on the outside and by way of that Chase Winovich was the beneficiary of Matthew Judon not being there again so he got a lot of reps on the outside and so did Josh Uche but uh yeah but Kyle Vanoy being back uh seem to settle things uh, a lot on the defense they seem to they seem to uh, sort of get confidence from having KVN out there he almost picked off Mac Jones he should have it was right in his red basket he he dropped it did some pushups um but yeah i thought it was interesting that Kyle Van Noy was back and he was playing inside linebacker doing his thing from there amoeba all that stuff all of it was in full effect and it was a handful for the offense and you know good for the defense but we expected them I expect them to be way ahead of the offense for some time this summer
0: yeah and and again that's you know that's your next note that they are way ahead and I think when you look at this defense just overall big picture it's about being multiple it's about being versatile it's about showing offenses a variety of different things, and we've talked about this. And now that you see Van Noy playing inside at today's OTA, it just kind of highlights the thought that we've had you and I talking about this defense ever since they went crazy and dropped a bunch of money in free agency. They have a lot of guys that can play some different roles here. You know, whether it's Mills or it's Van Noy or it's Uche, or High Tower can do it. Uh, you know, McCourty can do it from the old school days. They've got a lot of guys who can play in different spots. And I think, you know, with Belichick, as we've seen, pretty creative guy, right? Pretty, pretty smart guy on that side of the Mm. football. And you just feel like he has the chess pieces this year. He's got the chess. No question. Move around the board and and cause a lot of headaches for quarterbacks. Uh, You did mention in your OTA notes that missing people during this period right now is not helping. Uh, Tell us why and what you see.
1: Yeah, mostly on the mostly on the offense. I mean, you know, again, it was a, it was a lengthy list of, you know, on defense you didn't have Judon, Gilmore, Phillips, Jackson, McCordy, Hightower, Cowart among sort of the big people on offense. You didn't have, you know, Damian Harris is watching with his left leg in his sleeve. Um, Dalton Keene had his left leg in his sleeve. He's not out there. You have, you know, Sony Michelle's not out there. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Both tackles, Wynn and Brown, aren't out there. No Jonu Smith, no Nikhil Harry. Uh, so it's it, it's it's a tough go for the the offense not having those guys. It puts them at a severe disadvantage. But you know, look, you can't really say much. It's voluntary. The coaches are very careful to to, to point that out. Um, but you know it's it, it's not helping things, and you hope things really pick up once they get to mandatory minicamp, and those guys have to be there.
0: But you know who is out there. Greg's new favorite, uh, (laughs) J.J. Taylor. And, uh, you know, when Greg talks about J.J. Taylor so far uh, during this off-season of ours and the OTAs, uh, Greg's heart tends to go aflutter a little bit. He he finds himself getting a, a little... A little bit warm inside, thinking about J.J. Taylor and, and what he's seen so far. What did you see from J.J. today? And uh, tell me why you are starting to grow infatuated with the young man.
1: Yeah, I thought uh, J.J. did a really nice job, um, not only taking some of the checkdowns and making moves, he just... The difference in him from last year to this year, I equate to sort of Gunner Nelson – Gunner Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that a group? The Nelsons or what? (laughs) Yeah, Gunner Nelson. Gunner Olszewski. Damn it. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, so Gunner – remember we talked about from his rookie year, he looked like he was like trying out to be the Patriot mascot. And then all of a sudden he came out in year two and you're like, Holy cow, he's a man. And, uh, he played like a man last year as far as punt returner. And I see the same sort of thing with JJ Taylor. Like, um, you know, JJ was nice and he was a little bit of a gadgety guy, but you didn't, when you watched him in practice, you weren't just like, all right, this guy's dynamic or a playmaker. Um, now all of a sudden this year you watch him and you're just like there's something there. He reminds me a little bit more of uh Damien. Is it was it was Damien Lewis? That was him yeah, Deion yeah. Lewis. Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. Uh a little bit of him, a little bit of you know, James White, a little bit, a little bit from a lot of diminutive sort of uh running backs who have been here. Uh but he does a great job with the checkdowns. He he does a great job at the second level faking guys out. And to me where it really stood out today. And again, no pads or anything like that. But what really intrigued me was JJ Taylor at kickoff return and they were trying different guys there, Duggar and a bunch of other guys, but uh, I don't, I don't want know. The, I don't want Duggar <laughs> as a guy. Can can we not do that? Can we
0: not go down yeah. that road, please? I, I do yeah, not the, want
1: to do that. the Sanu road. Yeah. We don't want to do that or, or Edelman road. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like JJ Taylor in that, in that role. I think he's got a little something there. He's a little bit quicker this year and he's got a burst and he's, you know, he's one of those guys who will bounce off of tackles and spin around and keep going. So I'm, uh, every day, you know, it's, uh, it's like the Mac Jones and, uh, JJ Taylor, uh, love fest for me. And, and I guess, you know, I wait for the linemen for the pads to come on. That's when I start to get my binkies on the offensive and defensive <laughs> line. So that's got to wait a little bit. I'm not, right. I'm not investing anybody off the underwear Olympics. But for right now, Mac Jones and JJ Taylor have my attention, and you know, along with a guy like Nelson Aguilar, who I think has looked tremendous since he's gotten here and and is everything the Patriots have hoped he would be.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to bring up Aguilar because I feel like still. You, you know if there's one player on this roster that a lot of people i think that a lot of fans will question up until they actually see that person play it's Aguilar. you know i think a lot of people remember they didn't they didn't watch him play i would guess a lot in vegas last year and but they remember him from philly and they remember him as the guy that drops a lot of passes and listen he had a number of drops last year in vegas he he did not get rid of that problem completely but from what i read and from what we have talked about you and i he looks pretty damn good so far and that would go mm-hmm. a long way to help this offense because it if he is you know the Vegas version of himself and maybe even a little bit better that's a good receiver not a great receiver but a good receiver and I don't think you need a great receiver you know if you have the tight ends working and you know I I read that Kendrick Bourne had a couple of nice catches today if mm-hmm. you've got some, you know if you got some receivers out there that that can make a, a play or two it's really all you need with this run game and this offensive line. Let's jump to the uh, bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day. Check them out over at BSJ. $39.99 is the annual plan. Not only do you get top-notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports, you're a patch junkie, and of course, that's what you are. A membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Bedard does on the coaches Film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Uh, let's uh, pull out this question from Rob M. Any chance Matt Patricia... And this is interesting. It's something I've been wanting to talk to you about, and we haven't even really Mm -hmm. touched it yet. Uh, This Matt Patricia role, Rob M. asks, any chance Patricia is moving into an Ernie Adams role uh, with the Pats? Just wondering.
1: Yeah, I think the way I would term that from talking to people around the team is, um, you know, let's see what happens. First of all, Ernie Adams is still around. Um, When Belichick (laughs) announced – I mean, when Belichick announced his "quote unquote" retirement,
0: that won't is he is he Coach K? You know, like Coach K's retiring. Seriously, he's going to hang around for a year.
1: Is he? Yeah. Is he? Well, Bill did say he said this. This was Ernie's last draft, so that's all he said. He didn't say. True. You know, so I think that Ernie Adams is here. At probably, I would guess at least through training camp, if not longer. Now, so as far as Patricia goes. I would think that I I would say that I think his return and what he's doing has been um, overstated in some places. I would say right now, right now he's just back and they're giving him some things to do, and he's being helpful, and they're giving him different things. And he's—I would say—he's more of a, you know, special assistant to the head coach more than anything else, and just that he takes some of the, the the mundane. BS off of Belichick's plate that he doesn't have to deal with. And I think that's helpful to Bill and, and of some value. And so, but as far as when you talk about, would he be Ernie Adams quote, quote unquote um, that can mean a lot of things to different people. And I think to Rob, who I know well as one of our valued members I think he means like, you know, is he going to be sort of the eyes and ears for Belichick and sort of like, you know, one side of his brain and basically like helping him coach, you know, certain situations during the games and replays and stuff like that. Matt might do some of that stuff, but uh, I think there's another guy. There's another guy that, that Patricia brought with him. I think his last name is Epstein. He is more of a math nerd type of guy, more along the lines of Ernie Adams that could do some of that stuff. Um, I just don't think that anybody is ever – if you think that somebody is going to feel what Ernie Adams did for Bill Belichick for a bulk of his career, and from from what I've heard, he kind of slowed down in recent years, and that's part of the reason why he's probably not around anymore or he's not going to be going forward doing his same role. But uh, as far as that, I don't think anybody's going to do that. It's it's like saying, all right, well, Mac Jones can be – can Mac Jones be Tom Brady? I mean, he could be the starting quarterback of the Patriots and lead them to victories, but is he ever going to be Tom Brady? No. You know, is the next quarterback, is the next coach of the Patriots going? Is he going to fill the shoes of Bill Belichick? Yeah, but is he going to be Bill Belichick? No. I, Ernie Adams was unique, completely unique to what he did. And I don't think Matt Patricia is capable of that. I don't think there's a lot of people capable of that, especially somebody who goes back to like, you know, prep school with Bill Belichick. So, Yes. Is Matt Patricia going to do some of what Ernie Adams does? Yes. Do I think he's going to come close to filling the role that Ernie Adams did for Bill Belichick? No, and I don't think that's unique to Matt Patricia. I don't think anybody can do it. It's just you're trying to approximate what you can from what you have left over.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's just a mixture of some people, right? Epstein, Rothstein, whatever the hell his name is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he he could take some of the role. Patricia will take some of the role. And it's really, it, it kind of strikes me as like uh, an extreme internship for Patricia, almost. Like yes, the way they're handling him, like he's getting it, he's getting everything right. He he dealt with contracts, he dealt with negotiations, he. He was part of the, the brain trust when it came to the draft, apparently. And, and now he's out on the practice field. He's, you know, he's all around, all over the place. He's, he's bumping into the conversation between McDaniels and Belichick about Cam's injury today, you said. Like, he, he's kind of just dipping his toe I- into a lot of different arenas. And, and I don't know if uh, we should take any one single solitary focus from him. Like Maybe this is just the plan. Maybe, maybe he's trying to figure out what the hell he wants to do. Like, we don't know. Maybe he said to Bill, I don't want to be a coordinator. I don't want to be a head coach. I, and, and Bill said, okay, we'll, we'll have you do a bunch of different stuff. And yep. you know, maybe you'll wake up one day, and it'll be an epiphany, and you'll say, you know what? I like the front office part of it now. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. So maybe that's what it's all about. Uh, yep. The Greg Gard Patriots podcast, Nick Cattles, wrapping up another episode. I want to send a shout-out to our guy, Mike, who's helping uh, produce this show tonight. Uh, he's in his early 20s. It's Friday night, and he spent his Friday night with us.
1: <laughs> Mike's the man.
0: Um, it's a little sad, but we like him. And he's also with his girlfriend, so it's not too terrible. But thanks to Mike. Everybody, uh, have, everybody have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy yourself. We'll be back early next week with uh, plenty of past talk. Again, he's Greg Omni. <laughs>